Travis Tigert of USADA. I'm Ed Hula with the latest edition of Around the Rings Radio. Today we're joined by Travis Tigert, the CEO of USADA, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Tigert, a lawyer by profession, joined USADA in 2007, and he's been an outspoken warrior in the battle against doping in sport and the campaign to protect clean athletes. I spoke to Tigert this week following the release of the second report on the Russian doping scandal by Canadian investigator Richard McLaren. Taggart, speaking from his office at USADA headquarters in Colorado Springs, talks about the impact of this latest report that indicates more than 1,000 Russian athletes in 30 sports may have benefited from a compromised anti-doping system. Thanks very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Um, the release of the second part of the McLaren report would appear to deliver some pretty strong evidence of the problems that exist with the Russia anti-doping situation. Uh, but there's now the prospect of a new round of retesting. Many months are going to pass before any consequences are felt. Is this the way it should work? Is this delaying justice, delaying the inevitable? Yeah, you know, Ed, uh, well, first, thanks for having me. It's an honor to, um, and a privilege for me to be here. Um, listen, I think, you know, the McLaren report um, detailed thousand plus athletes who were benefited from the program and they announced it revealed 695 individual cases across, I think, 30 sports, both summer and winter. The, those those cases were handed off to international federations and need to be followed up on. And look, I think under the code, there's a, a, a quick way um, as the code allows for a provisional suspension to be put in place and then for the full due process to happen. But, you know, what's most important to your, your question is clean athletes want justice. And that may ultimately, if, if you know, convictions and anti-doping rules are found, mean metal medals are reallocated, prizes and points are reallocated. And the, the sooner that happens, you know, justice um, delayed to a certain extent is justice denied. So, you know, we've called also for no international events to be held in, in, in Russia. And we were, you know, pleased today that the international bobsled and skeleton federation stepped up and, um, you know, removed the world championships that they've got scheduled. And, and we heard from a lot of athletes, frankly, around the world, German athletes, English athletes, as well as U.S. athletes, who were very concerned about, you know, going over to participate in Sochi under the circumstances. We've also called for the suspension of the Russian Olympic Committee um, until, you know, they're declared WADA compliant. And, um, you know, we're hopeful that the IOC will take some measures to, to give confidence that this kind of state-run doping is not going to go without some suspension, because I think that in our mind, sends a terrible message to any other organizations that might be out there or states that are out there that might be tempted to try to pull off the same scheme and get away with it. And, and let's be clear, they, they did get away with it for a period of time and, you know, unfortunately corrupted now three Olympic Games. But that means a number of athletes, whether it's 695, we'll, we'll wait to see. Um, but a number of athletes who rightfully deserve to be on the podium got their moment taken from them. And, and that's unfair, and that erodes the very value of what Olympism is supposed to be. To that point, to that point, it's going to take many months, forget months, it's going to take years before medals are reallocated, before there's a change in the way the 
the final standings are listed by the federations. Uh, is this really protecting clean athletes if 10 years after the games they finally get their recognition? No, not at all. I mean, it, 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 it absolutely has to happen this way because you don't turn a blind eye to it. But it's not a solution that's fair to clean athletes. They, they want systems in place that protect their right before they get to the game and that prevent athletes who are doped, whether it's because of an ineffective system in their own countries or lack of oversight by WADA or what happens is, is what happened in Russia where they were intentionally running a doping program. I mean, let's make no bones about it. They, they didn't have an anti-doping program. They were intentionally giving athletes drugs, collecting their urine, creating urine, clean urine banks to then cover up positive tests in the event that they had positive tests and they had you know mechanisms in place to ensure they didn't have positive tests. So the fail safe, the backstop was to then cover them up in the event that they had. But, but that's, ex that's not what clean athletes expect. They expect there to be a system in place that weeds out, that detects, and, and hopefully ultimately deters athletes from making the decision um, to use these drugs to begin with and to ensure that the rightful winner is the person who gets on the podium the day of the event. And, and that's a, a, a tragedy and an injustice that, you know, we don't stand for here and, and clean athletes around the world, I think like never before, are standing up to say that this is this is their right, this is important to them, and more needs to be done to ensure that their rights are fully protected. Because it, it's not satisfactory to get a medal handed to you. While it has to happen in certain cases, it's not, it's not satisfactory to get a medal handed to you, you know, a day after you rightfully won it, much less five, ten years later. Now, Russia is still denying that there was a state-sponsored system of doping, even with the release of this latest McLaren report. There's this claim that all countries do it, that if these samples can be manipulated, samples all over the world can be manipulated. Is Russia able to really reform itself as long as this level of denial goes on? You know, listen, I think unfortunately, no. I mean, we all know the first step in correcting a problem is, you know, admitting that you have one. And, and Russia, sport and government on numerous levels has failed to, to do that. And, and I think if you look at and read the McLaren report, you see, you know, numerous examples of their failure to even cooperate, um, in fact, obstruct the efforts of McLaren, you know, athletes were unwilling to sit down and talk with McLaren. Um, they asked for laboratory, the laboratory server that contained the analytical data from the past. They asked for samples that were contained in the, in the Moscow laboratory. They asked for, you know, the deputy prime minister to sit down with them and, and all that was refused. So, we're, there's a long way to go in correcting this problem. I, I think what the world wants it them to be co corrected. You know, we're all for inclusion in the Olympic Games, especially by a, a dominant competitive, um, you know, country. But but at the end of the day, that can't come at the expense of clean athletes' rights. Now, you mentioned the uh, bobsleigh world championship that is going to be moved from Sochi, uh, the decision made by the federation today. 
their statement today uh, makes it clear the reasons are, are, are not the same reasons the IOC has given why uh, events should not be held in, in, in Russia. They're saying it's uh, to avoid the distraction of athletes competing in Sochi while this controversy <coughs> is going on. And, the, you know, it would be impossible to appreciate the efforts of the Russian organizing committee under these conditions as well. Not that this is any kind of retaliation for the, for the errors, for the problems out there. Is this just more part of the denial, the refusal to come to grips with this by a federation? Yeah, look for for clean athletes. The fact that it's not there is is a is a is a win. And you heard, you know, the Latvian bobsled federation was not going to compete there. They were willing to compete anywhere in the world, but they weren't going to compete there because, as they said, enough is enough. We heard that as well from our athletes. I, I can't pretend to know the mind of a federation um, and and haven't discussed this issue with them. But but let me be clear: we have seen. And whether it was, you know, Major League Baseball back in the early 2000s here in the United States, whether it was UCI and its past leadership during the Postal Services and the Armstrong case, we've seen what powerful sports do who attempt to both promote and police themselves. And, and, and this, it, you know, if you're, if you're telling me that they did it for the wrong reasons, that doesn't surprise me at all. But at the end of the day, um, clean athletes are happy that it's not going to be there, regardless of what the reasons are, um, because they want to be able to compete in a place that's safe and secure and that they know their rights to clean competition are going to be upheld as best as they possibly can um, when, they, when they're out there competing. What's the role of USADA and other national anti-doping organizations moving forward on this? Uh, you've been uh, a voice in opposition to some of the steps the IOC has taken on this. Is it to be a, a critical voice? You know, listen, our, our role is to stand arm in arm with clean athletes and, you know, use the, uh, uh, you know, whatever platform we're provided to share and relay their voices. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, the powerless, their voice doesn't get heard. Um, we, we stand ready to help. Obviously, you know, the Russians get a compliant system in place. Obviously, UK anti-doping is, is helping them, um, and we all remain committed to doing that. But a group of 20-plus national anti-doping organizations from around the world have come together and agreed to what we've called the Copenhagen Reform Proposal. And, and it's, you know, an effort to say, look, we're in the trenches. We run effective programs as best we can that we hope are WADA compliant. We we want to be held to the same rules as we're asking everyone else to be held to. And we're doing everything we can to get better every day to ensure clean sport and the rights of clean athletes are, are upheld. That said, here are the reforms we see that ought to happen. And we have to remove, you know, the, the saying is the fox guarding the hen house. And as long as you have WADA that is, you know, run by the IOC effectively, it's not going to have the governance structure and independence that it needs to be the true global regulator. And, and so we're going to continue to be a voice in that um, discussion to say what we've seen work and ensure that that happens at the global level to, you know, be able to look our athletes in the, in the eyes 
and speak to them when we do, and we do frequently, and tell them, look, guys, we're holding you to the highest standards, but you can have confidence when you get to the global playing field, an Olympic game, a world championship, whatever it may be, that the athletes that you're going to be competing against are also being held to the same standards. And, and what this Russia episode has shown us, that not only are those athletes from other, you know, Russia in this case, not being held to the same standard, but they are being held to a program that aids and abets them to use drugs, gain a performance advantage, and gives them you know, a pass, covers up their positive tests in the event they have them, and then sends them to international competition to, 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 to win. What's the role of government? If, you, if the IOC should not be involved in, in WADA, government is currently involved in WADA, but there's a, a fundamental conflict there. Um, what kind of role will the governments of the world play in these reforms? Yeah, listen, I think, the, you know, the governments continue to have to fund. I think the governments don't have the same conflict of promoting sport on a day-to-day basis like sport does. You know, think about it. Your job at the IOC, if you work at the IOC, is to, is to raise revenues, is to grow um, TV sponsorships, to get in more tops or Olympus um, sponsors. That's, that's your job. So you can give more money to your federation so you can put on and, and broadcast and, you know, an amazing Olympic experience for, you know, mil- billion plus fans around the world. Well, it's inherently against that very duty when you then have to bring discipline against someone that you've put millions of dollars in marketing around, that you've gone out to sponsors and TV broadcasters and promised these athletes will be competing head-to-head at these Olympic Games, and that increases the value um, of what we're selling. So the, the property value there is, is huge. And, and, and so that tension is real and live. And the, and the government simply don't have that tension on a day-to-day basis. So, so their role certainly has to continue, both from a funding as well as an interest um, standpoint. But having a truly independent governance standpoint free of the sport conflict is exactly where the NATOs are, are pushing this to, to go. And we've seen that work in, in other countries, certainly. Is there any possibility of congressional hearings? We heard the talk that there might have been a call for hearings this month, but uh, is the U.S. Congress following this? Are they interested in what's going on? Yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it's fair to say they, they are, um, as are a number of governments from the around, around the world. I was at a government meeting in London right before the Thanksgiving break here in the U.S., where you know governments literally from all around the world that sit at the WADA Foundation board came together to have a discussion about you know the the, the crisis, and and on the one hand, um, while it's a crisis, on the other hand, it's a wonderful opportunity that we better take advantage of because you know frequently scandal. Our experience again, this goes back to you know baseball in the early two thousands. Our UCI situation in the Postal Service's case, unfortunately, to get sport, you know, what we've often called the solidified power positions to move in a direction that's good for clean athletes and clean sport, it takes some sort of scandal. So while no one likes it and no one would welcome this, um, it, it is an opportunity, on the other hand now, to, to enact some true reform to, to best guarantee clean athletes' rights are going to be protected going forward. So I, I think governments of the world are interested in this. It's a public health issue from their perspective. And, and they don't want to have programs that they're funding 
holding their own athletes to the highest level and have those athletes being robbed when they show up to compete. And similarly, what country wants to invest the kind of money it takes to host an Olympic Games these days and, and have it corrupted by a country you know, that comes to participate? And you hear the politicians in London right now talking about um, this issue like never before because unfortunately their games were corrupted and it wasn't, they didn't deliver on the Olympic promise. Neither was it delivered upon in Sochi because this Russian state program that sent so many dirty athletes to compete in these games. What should Vladimir Putin do about it? You know, I, listen, I think, I think everyone who cares about clean sport ought to ensure that it, the problem is corrected and take a firm stance that we're a good global partner and we've signed a treaty, the UNESCO Convention Against Doping in Sport, the, which over 200 countries around the world have signed, including the U.S. You know, we testified along with the State Department and the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy in front of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee that, that under, you know, in accordance with the Constitution was ratified by the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, was then signed by President Bush at the time in May of 2008. And we've, we've done our absolute best to live up to the terms of that international treaty. And we would expect every other country who signed it to do the same, not do the opposite and laugh behind our backs when they do the opposite that benefits them competitively and, and go and dominate international competitions. What about Donald Trump? He has yet to tweet about this sort of thing, but one of these days he will. Yeah, listen, we, you know, we've had tremendous um, relationships with People um, in both in the you know uh, president of our, our country as well as members of both sides of the aisle. If if you're for, for fairness, if you're against a rigged system, um, and you're for the rights of clean athletes to a safe and healthy level playing field where they don't have to use you know dangerous and sometimes addictive drugs in order to compete, then then you're going to be a, a huge ally of, of our efforts. That's for sure. Travis Tiger. CEO of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Thanks very much for joining us on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. Ed, thanks a bunch for having me. We really appreciate it.